you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Morning Football. I'm Peter Schrager. That's Kyle Brandt. We've got a loaded show today filled with some of the best moments from Good Morning Football this past year. Time for a spring fling. Yeah, We're hitting a we different go. division every day. Let's go to the AFC East and break it down. But Schrags, let's now start with the Jets. Let's start with the Patriots. Look at that music. A harp and the voice of God. Spring um, music? That's it. I think it's at spring. Okay. Yeah. Cole Strange was a strange pick. Let's go right to it. At 29 overall, people were scratching their heads and saying, what? They traded back from 21 and they went and got Cole Strange. I hope this guy's awesome. I hope he defies uh, all the expectations of this being a peculiar pick and that he goes on and has a great NFL career. But I do want to explain one thing. Can we toss to the week one reaction or the night one reaction from the Los Angeles yes, boozy draft house? And let's 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 see how McVay and Sneed received the Cole Strange pick at 29. Really, Strange really? just went. Oh, my wow. UT Chattanooga to the first how round. Hey, how about that? And we wasted our time watching him thinking he'd be at 104, hey. maybe. <laughs> wow. You watch that and you're like, that's kind of messed up. Right? No, I, obviously McVeigh was quick to get ahead of this thing and say, no, 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 no. That was towards Les Snead and that we wasted our time looking at this guy at 104 because we were like, he might slip to us at 104. Yeah, because they're sitting pretty there in the first round. They could have actually taken him. They were like, that, that would have been a great pick mm -hmm. at 104. Obviously, uh, they actually were very high on him. I can tell you that Sean reached out to Strange the next morning and spoke to him directly and was like, dude, I wasn't insulting you. And Coulter was like, Coach McVeigh? Like, cool <laughs> to meet you. Like, and then he also reached out to Belichick and Belichick was like, I don't, I'm not concerned with your like, thoughts on this. Cole Strange will be fine and he'll play for them right away interior offensive line. But the real miss on this one, mm. I gotta say, the Patriots have lost their fastball. What do you got? Jared Bernhardt was huh? not drafted by the Patriots and he signed with the Falcons. You know who Jared Bernhardt is? Jared Bernhardt was the undefeated quarterback at Ferris State. Jared Bernhardt 
was the greatest lacrosse player over the last oh, four years no. in college at Maryland. <laughs> this dude had everything going for a Belichick draft pick. He was a Maryland lacrosse player. Mm -hmm. Belichick, the heart of Annapolis, loves his lacs. He goes on and is an undefeated Division II small school quarterback, converted to wide receiver, kick returner, played lacrosse at Maryland, won all the awards at Maryland lacrosse, and Belichick doesn't draft this dude? Patriots, you've lost your fastball. I don't know what's going on in that draft room. For Jared Bernhardt not to be a Patriot, I'm disgusted. Right wow. Now. Wow. I heard strange. Jared Bernhardt is friends with John, Bo John Bon Jovi's son. Too. That's it. He should have gotten drafted, In the Bon Jovi, the they whole drink thing. drink fountain yeah. water. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why he didn't get drafted. Too Belichick, where'd you go wrong? Lacrosse guy from Maryland, you draft that player. Can we get Belichick's voice again? I like the I like when you do his voice, the impersonation. I don't do anything. I, I like still can't believe Sean McVay was that thoughtful. <laughs> he was. He, had no re he didn't do anything wrong and he had no reason and he doubled back and called two called people. That's a pretty special, that's yeah. pretty incredible. I don't know. Yeah, maybe if Jared had gone to Rutgers he would have taken it. Was sure. Loves sure. Rutgers guys. Uh, listen, uh, you mentioned the spring fling and the mm -hmm. Jets. I'm going to go with the New York Jets and not because their quarterback is beefy. They got beef with the draft. You got to have sauce if you're going to have some beef, right? Yeah. But look, I think Garrett Wilson, 4'3", 40. You got some speed right there on offense. Jermaine Johnson, I thought, was one of the steals of the draft. And then with Brees Hall, nobody had more touches than him in the last two years in college football. That guy does it all. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. So they basically got four first-round picks. But Michael Clemens, their last draft pick, mm -hmm. has already started to create this lore about himself. Mm. Not a lot of people know about Michael Clemens. Tex went to Texas A&M, one of the oldest guys in the draft. He's going to be 25 this summer, and he's a nasty boy. Here's what Joe Douglas had to say about him and his fittingly fabric after they drafted him. With Big Mike, I feel like he's one of the nastier players in this in this entire draft. The physicality, the edge that he plays with, the toughness that he brings. I don't think you can have enough of that. Ooh, want to see a nasty boy. Listen, we used to have Mike Pope, uh, our tight ends coach, used to yes. come in in the offseason, come into the Legend. weight room, and he used to say, I want you guys to be the first ones off the bus because every coach loves a guy that just can wreak intimidation and show you. This is Michael Clemens. He's the first guy off the bus when the Jets show up. This is who they want walking down 6'5", 263 pounds. I think a lot of people thought he was going to go a lot sooner in the draft, but when you look at what how dominant he was with some of these offensive tackles, his power rush move, his nastiness, um, I, I really like what Joe Douglas found in this guy, and he's already creating some myths with the Jets with how nasty he plays, with how physical he is, how violent he is. I saw a picture of him and Jermaine Johnson yeah. side by side. He, he makes Jermaine look small. Is that true? How big and imposing this guy is. A lot of talent coming to New York City. It's a very exciting A lot of beef. Time. A lot of beef, absolutely. In the meantime, let's go down to Miami. Let's go down to South Beach. Miami Dolphins draft. Fewest picks in the whole league. That's it. That's the entire draft. They only had four, but for really good reasons. All right, Channing Tendell, another one of these guys from Georgia, that he would have gotten more time, but he was behind the first pick and ever Walker. by McDaniel. Channing Tindall. Channing Tindall. That's the Mike McDaniel first pick ever. But you know what? It was it really though? Because their de facto pick was the, the little short guy who runs really fast from, from Kansas City. That's their draft. Come on in, Tyreek. For once, you're late and you're slow. That's the draft. They traded for him. They got their guy. He got his hat. He's got his chain. He looks incredible. That is their 2022 draft. Also worth pointing out, 
they have two first-round picks already in next year's draft. So while they're kind of under the radar this year and what they did in Las Vegas with only four picks, fewest in the league, they got Tyreek Hill, they got Tyreek Hill, they got Tyreek Hill, and they have two picks next year. So I said earlier in the show when we we're talking about schedule release, anticipation of which it is just thick here on set, I am looking at the Miami Dolphins' week one opponent. I think they're the most intriguing team to see that first series when they come out and first and 10 at the 25 and Mike McDaniel's there on the sideline, here comes Tua and here comes Tyreek. What is the first play that they run? What is that first script? I have no clue. Where does Tyreek line up on that play? Don't know. Most intrigued week one for me. I just want to see how they look oh. and how they come out. And are they aggressive? Is it a fourth and six in the middle of the field? Do they go for it? I don't have any idea, but I know Tyreek's a big part of it. And that was the crown jewel of their draft. You know what's really tough and fascinating? Like hmm. buying presents for rich people. Your boss is boss is boss. And you're like, oh, what do you get this guy? He has everything. And that's the hmm. Bills draft this year. So sure. let's take a look at what they did. Of course, Kyle flew across the country. And who did you pick? I picked right down there, Terrell Bernard, 389. You did. And what I mean by they're the rich person, it's hard to buy a present for. It's they kind of have it all going on. They have Devin Singletary. So what were they going to do to sort of really bolster what they already have in a winning team? And I, I'm just going to zone in on those first two picks, Kair Elam. If there was one problem, it's the secondary. Who are you going to put opposite Trey White to, in your secondary to get it done? I like this kid. And I like that on Pat McAfee, Brandon Bean came on and said, pre-draft process interview he came with a notebook and of my own scouting on all the wide receivers I had faced that year this is a guy who asked for the playbook upon being drafted it was my favorite bite from the entire draft this year was him asking for the playbook to be on the plane it was he studies it on his way to Buffalo what else could you want in any of your players so I love that he loves ball it's obvious and he's a huge addition for the secondary one that I actually do think that they really needed and then you have Cook right so this is Dalvin Cook's little brother that's not what he wants to be known for he's going to make a name for himself he's a national champion of course with Georgia this is a home run threat in their backfield one that I don't think that they had and he'll be there alongside Devin Singletary who did crush it in certain moments and down the stretch last year so another explosive weapon they have so much already yet they somehow got a lot better with these picks the areas of need right yes. like running back and Secondary. defensive back especially with Trey White dealing with the ACL okay, mm -hmm. I, I said it last mm -hmm. week I loved what the Bills mm -hmm. did I like this Elam character I mean the playbook move what a move that's it's like something move. you tell somebody go in the interview and like put the playbook on the plane you want to feel Crazy. old and then they did. What? His father, A.B. Elam, great player in the NFL, Jets and Browns. That's his dad. That's, That's not Jason Elam. No. Oh, A.B. Elam. A.B. Elam. Okay. Well. I love that. It's a bold move because what if they weren't planning on sending the plane and you say put the playbook <laughs> on the plane? Now they have to yeah, send yeah, the yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. All right. Good point. It's spring is sprung. It has. But last year, we came up with some pretty creative gauntlets, like the real world gauntlet, the final <laughs> boss gauntlet, and the die hard invitation. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. yeah so it's a video game gauntlet. Let's too. bring the creativity to this year's schedule. Kyle, you're going to kick it off. Yeah, let's do a little history. We're, we're reminiscing and nostalgic. So yeah. I look at the uh, U.S. history. You know what the Cleveland Browns are going to be running this year when the schedule comes out? They're going to be running the Colonial Gauntlet. The 13 original colonies, they're going to hit them all. The Cleveland Browns, let's get into it. It starts with a game against the Patriots at the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Of course, Governor John Winthrop delivered his famous <laughs> City Upon a Hill sermon there. Then the New York, the province of New York, is the first colony to establish a constitution and ensured rights like taxation without representation. Pennsylvania. They're playing the Steelers, Western Pennsylvania, at Pennsylvania House of the Liberty Bell during the Revolutionary War. It's still there. I've seen it. It's pretty hacky, but it's nicely tastefully done. At the Ravens, the Maryland province. This is a big one. You might not know this, guys. Francis Scott Key wrote the, the defense of Fort McHenry, which became the Star-Spangled Banner, mm. which Carl Lewis perfected de decades and centuries later. <laughs> yeah. North Carolina, then, to the Panthers, the Matt Rule Panthers, the province of North Carolina. I don't know if you guys know this. No. The infamous pirate Blackbeard was killed by British troops off of North Carolina's outer banks. They finally got him, and then you finally finished the 13 original continents gauntlet. 
the province of Georgia became the only colony to completely fall into British hands during the Revolutionary War. They dropped the ball, we saved their butts. We'll see what happens with Falcons versus Browns, but that's colonial. And I asked for some colonial music as Nick Chubb just goes gallivanting through the secondary. I think we did a good job. I think this should put us over the edge over the PTI guys to win the Emmy. That's it. That's it. That's well it. done. Well said. Thank I've you. Always to go to the Thank Outer you. Banks. What do you Thank say, you. Pirate Blackbeard? Pirate Blackbeard, yes. That's yes, okay. Sounds like there's maybe a curse <laughs> involved in there, so I'm going to stick with the Outer Banks. I'm going to go with the Got Carolina it. Panthers. Got it. And you guys have all heard of the curse of the Madden cover, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, as a player, it's kind of like, oh, this is awesome. I, I'm on the cover of Madden, the video game, but there's also like this little bit of a, a conspiracy theory that you're not going to have a great season. Well, the Carolina Panthers are getting a little ver different version of the Madden curse. Take a look at their season okay. schedule. And I've got all of the cover boys for the Madden video game from each team that they're playing each week. All right, going to the Rams, Marshall Falk. There's the Madden curse okay. cover boy right there. A stretch, all right? Let's get a little stretch. All right, how about Michael Vick? Kyle, I know, you, I know you and Peter both played the Madden game. There, there was a rule at one point where you weren't allowed to play with Atlanta. Too good. He, he was so No good. Brian Finneran, not today. So, all right, let's go to the Ravens. They've had two players beyond the cover of Madden, Ray Lewis and Lamar Jackson. Seattle also two with two. <laughs> and crazy. ironically, Sean Alexander, Richard Sherman yeah. was on there. Now, I'm talking about the Carolina Panthers, and I'll get back to uh, Sherman in a second there, but you got Fitzgerald with the Cardinals, yep. Drew Brees with the Saints, Peyton Hillis is the Cleveland player that was on Goat. Madden cover. Calvin Johnson, that's a no-brainer, and OBJ, and of course Tom Brady was on the cover of Madden. Yeah. So just real quick, the Carolina Panthers, I, give me a player that's been on the Madden cover that played for the Carolina Panthers. I think Cam, right? Right, Cam? Anybody? Cam? Keekly? Keekly ever do it? Keekly? All right. Keekly, no. Good guess. Oh. Deshaun Foster. I thought Cam Newton, too. Yeah. And and I went down a little wormhole there on, like this. on the Carolina Panthers and the Madden cover. Cam Newton has been snubbed numerous times. Interesting. All right. Going into 2015, it was him and Richard Sherman going head-to-head. -head. Uh -huh. okay. He loses out to Sherman. To a cornerback. Of course, the Carolina Panthers go on 15-1 and one that yeah. season. Cam is okay. the MVP. This is everywhere. Everybody's dabbing. I think yeah. you were dabbing well, on the show. Definitely. Yeah. Still are. And it, it was Cam Newton fever. So everybody's like, of course, Cam. Cam Newton's going to be on the cover of Madden that next year. No. Interesting. OBJ in 2016 makes the cover. So the Madden curse in more ways than one is going on down in Carolina. Mm. Now they're scheduled. they got to face all those guys. And who knows? Maybe Christian McCaffrey will be on the that cover. That would be fun. Maybe Sam Darnold, who we are all rooting for to That's win. That's going to take a lot. Will be on the cover of Madden next. <laughs> Maybe so, dude. Good job, Sean. Madden Sean. cover gauntlet. gauntlet. Where are you going? I kind of want to do the Kay Adams gauntlet now. <laughs> at New Orleans. There we go. At Cincinnati, right? Little Ravens, little Chargers. And just for some self-loathing, something in Chicago. Something in Chicago, <laughs> one game. At Green Bay, I feel like yeah. I've seen you at training camp in Green Bay. No, I'm going to go with uh, dun, 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 the Dick Wolf gauntlet. Love. Who's Dick Wolf? Dick Wolf created Law & Order, the series you love. The series of the, the Jaguars play all the Dick Wolf cities, okay? The Jaguars have to go to L.A. And if Who's you're Dick a fan. Wolf? Who's Dick Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> Corey Stoll, Skeet Ulrich, Alfred Molina, Law & Order. You watch Law & Order LA. Okay, then there's the original. And I'm a Benji Bratt guy, but I love Jerry Orbach. Yeah. I'd give my eyes because of Jerry Orbach. All right, it. every subway, Jerry Orbach, the late, great, dirty dancing, telling me to give my eyes away. I will for Jerry. Um, Dick Wolf. Kyle, one more time. Nothing better than getting to a new city, having no idea what to do, 
putting on the TV and knowing so that the warm comfort of a Law & Order is just waiting for you. And I've seen every one of them a thousand The warm times. comfort of Law & Order. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that you did that whole segment with your hands in your pocket right until the end there. That's it. That's, That's interesting. Right. I'm, not, I'm innocent. Who's in the UK one? Who's the original binge? Like you could watch episode after episode and it wasn't when it, before anything was on demand and it would be on seasons long. There's not hour long shows people binge watch no. and that one was one of them. Sam Waterston back. now is amazing in The Dropout if you haven't seen yeah. it on Hulu about Elizabeth Holmes. He plays oh, no. Sam Waterston. Sam Waterston is great. I love him in The Great Gatsby. Great in The Gatsby. Fantastic. Before Leo and those other guys. Hello. I like it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Good Morning Football. My name's Peter Schrager. This is Kyle Brandt. Back in April, we covered the 2022 NFL Draft Mm -hmm. live from Las Vegas. Here's one of our favorite moments from that week. Yeah. It's something we call three and out. I give you three big topics. We'll make some solid games on each one to get one step closer to the weekend. All right, here we go. Time for first down. First down. 
The dust has now settled on the 2022 NFL Draft. We are, gentlemen, a week removed from all the picks, all the excitement out in Vegas. Now that you've had time to let it all soak in, which team shrugs do you actually think improved the most? I love seeing our guy Sam Prince and Kayvon and, of course, Aiden Hutchinson, but I, I improved the most. The Jets improved the most. They got four guys that they looked at as first-round picks, and they added them in one draft class. Obviously, Sauce Gardner, we've talked about him at length. And, of course, Garrett Wilson, the other Ohio State wide receiver. We've highlighted Chris Olave today. But I love the Jermaine Johnson selection, who they viewed as a top eight player on their board. And they weren't done. I learned this week that after Jermaine Johnson was selected and everyone did a cartwheel in the Jets draft room, Joe Douglas got back on the phone and tried calling other teams 28, 29, 30 to trade up to get Brees Hall at the end of the first round. So Joe Douglas essentially wanted four first round picks that night, (laughs) didn't get Brees Hall. Then day two starts, they reset their board and was on the phones, on the phones, on the phones, found the Giants, a trade partner, traded up and got Brees Hall. The Jets got four first round picks in this draft. Four different guys that they viewed as top 32 players. I don't care what else they have on their roster. When you could add four different players that improve those position groups, respectively could be the number one in those rooms at each one of those position groups, I think the Jets took major leaps in gains. I don't know what that means as far as playoffs. I just knew that right now they are a better team than they were mm. a week ago that we were talking about the New York Jets. Yeah, Peter, I think it's tough to top what Joe Douglas was able to do with the Jets. You're talking about his first five draft picks are going to play right away and be impactful. But I love what Howie Roseman did in Philadelphia. Obviously, one of them was not a draft pick, but you end up finishing the draft weekend with A.J. Brown. Uh, You get Jordan Davis with your first-round pick, Mm -hmm. partnering him up with Fletcher Cox. I would hate to be an interior lineman that has to deal with those two. They're going to bring some pain. And then you also get N'Kobe Dean as a as a linebacker on the back end. Eagles fans have been waiting for a playmaker at that position. Jeremiah Trotter has probably been the last one that we remember talking about in that way, and I think he has that type of potential. I'm going to say the Lions. How often does an NFL team walk away with maybe the best offensive player and best defensive player in yeah. the draft? So they get Aiden Hutchinson. Trayvon Walker goes one to Jacksonville. The Lions can't even contain themselves. They turn in the card like five seconds later. They get no time before everybody talking about him on TV because they know Aiden Hutchinson, that's obviously the guy. Then Brad Holmes starts making calls to come back up. They end up trading with their division rival, the Vikings, going to 12 to get Jamison Williams, who but for the ACL injury he suffered in the college football playoff, might have been the first receiver drafted and quite possibly would have been looked at across the league as the best wide receiver in the draft. Two huge needs for the Lions. Hutchinson will bring the attitude they want to bring to their defense this year. Williams, obviously, they had no receivers a year ago. Two big pickups for them. They were aggressive doing it. I'm a broken record, Peter. You didn't even be... I mean, it's the Ravens for me. (laughs) It's the Ravens and Kyle Hamilton. I just... There was no worse, and obviously because of injuries to Marcus Peters, that was a huge blow into Marlon Humphrey, your Maryland friend. They were so bad against the past, and now you add Kyle Hamilton, who could have gone. I mean, where was he mocked? Top eight, okay. top ten for sure. And then he goes at 14. I just think that's the best value in this draft as a player who's going to make an impact right away. I have no worries about him. They get a Saint safety to add to that, so they're just going to shut down the pass a little bit in a division that definitely is going to be tough sledding with Deshaun Watson and, and Joe Burrow and how they sort of retool 
dabbling and adding things. Tyler Lindenbaum, 24th overall. How many times do we do mock drafts with this Ravens team? And all I did is say, give me the best offense in Liveman. It could very well be him. Mm-hmm. He was available in there and a huge good fit for them. So I don't know. I feel like it was so true to their identity, Shrags, and so much good talent in flux. They had six different fourth round picks, which is unheard of. They collect picks in the compensatory, then day three. But the one that might be the biggest wild card and the one that I'm most excited for is David Ojabo, who the third rounder popped his Achilles mm-hmm. on the final play of his pro day and would have been a first round pick. They got him later. Uh, they got him on day two. So I, I think, hey, the Ravens cleaned up and they've got a good layaway plan with Ojabo, who's going to play for his college coordinator at the Ravens. I think we say with the Ravens, they're always going to be a factor, but they're like they're really going to be in the thick of the AFC this year. All right, second down. Second down. Been a bit of a rough week out in Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins suspended six games for violating the NFL's PED policy. Nobody likes to see that. Tori, how concerned are you for the Cardinals this season? I'm not concerned at all. You know, I think the quarterback situation is going to resolve itself. I think we all understand what the quarterback market is right now. And you have no chance if you don't have your starting quarterback. So they're going to take care of business there to keep him happy and healthy, um, which is his number one concern, trying to keep him on the field. But also with no DeAndre Hopkins, that's a concern early on. But this team has been on a tear at the beginning of season. So for whatever reason, if the season ended at week eight, right. the Cardinals would be the best team in the league. But you get Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz, Trey McBride. I think they'll be able to fill that void until Nuke comes back in the middle of the season. Tori, how comfortable would you be giving Kyler Murray $45 million a year? I'm not the GM, but I do know that's the going rate for these quarterbacks now, right? I mean, he's a big-time player, and we all know that if you sign him earlier, it ends up being cheaper in the long run. You look at what the Cardinals have done in the three seasons with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray from one of the worst teams in the league to the incremental improvement in year two to making the playoffs in year three where everybody knocks them around for how they played in that playoff game. They also were playing what eventually was the Super Bowl champions. Okay, they were playing the Rams. They didn't lose to nobody out there. The quarterback situation, that is something we're going to be talking about, I'm sure. The numbers that strike me when you talk about DeAndre Hopkins and the six-game suspension is what happened to that offense and to Kyler Murray's productivity after Hopkins got injured last season, which was with what was initially looked at as a short-term injury, ended up knocking him out for the entire basically back half of the season. You can see the numbers here, how things dropped off. Mm -hmm. That also coincided with the Cardinals not winning as many games. And that's not a knock on Kyler Murray. It's just about, yeah, having one of the most freakish athletes in the whole league not on the field is obviously going to have a trickle-down effect on everything else you do. Yeah, I'm really concerned. I, I think I think it's a huge deal. Uh, this guy is amazing, this DeAndre Hopkins, and it's not just a couple games. It's six games. It's more than a quarter of the season. You know, I wasn't here on Tuesday this week where it was coming off the, the news of it, but I could tell you, they knew this was coming down the pike. That's kind of why they also went and got Marquise Hollywood Brown. They had to find a way to say, hey, those six games, we need to get Kyler going with somebody. Whether they anticipated it or not, it's a massive blow. And with this on top of the Kyler Murray situation, terrible offseason for the Cardinals. And now you need to dig yourself out of it and hope that everything is kumbaya and that you can get to at least November and still be in this thing because the NFC is going to be wide open this year. DeAndre Hopkins, a great player. Big loss. Even if they had DeAndre Hopkins week one on and he wasn't suspended, I need proof that this whole team can be pulling in the same direction. All right, third down. Third down. KB, Kyle Brandt, he announced the Bills' third-round pick. If you listen closely, he makes a very, uh, really super subtle prediction about Buffalo's 22 season as well. With the 89th pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Super Bowl 57 champion Buffalo Bills select my man, Jarrell Bernard, linebacker Baylor. Woo! 
just like I said, super subtle, like he always is. Did Kyle curse the Bills by already declaring them Super Bowl champs? Kyle did not curse the Bills okay. because what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and those guys have built there is too strong for one semi-unhinged speech at the <laughs> NFL draft to derail everything else. However, I am infinitely entertained by how Kyle has essentially memed himself in advance. Any game the Bills lose, <laughs> if they go down in the playoffs, you can pick out any number yeah. of different lines from this that will be used by other teams' social media accounts. You'll have fans showing up with chicken wings that they eat at Bills games when their team is played against them. Donnie Osmond costumes might be popping Everywhere. up in the crowd somewhere, too. There are so many different parts of this that could be used against Kyle in the big picture. So, no. It's not going to curse the Bills. This might haunt Kyle for a while, though. The, the arm in arm with Donny Osmond. Meanwhile, a young man's dreams are being realized, and we don't even announce the pick because we're so busy Terrell with Kyle. Bernard. Let's not forget Terrell Bernard. More Kyle. Bills fans, I know you probably feel really, I feel seen. Like, Kyle notices me. Kyle's done this shtick before. Can I see the Eagles 2017 footage of Kyle in a, in a dog mask yeah. doing this? Kyle became the Eagles fan, where yeah. Eagles fans have been waiting since 1960 to win a Super Bowl, and Kyle swoops in and is like, I'm gonna ride this one, and I'm gonna kind of be a part of it. Guess what? He didn't curse the Eagles. They won the Super Bowl that year. They were so good that year, and Kyle was so in on it that he went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> This is a maniac back then. He too. went to the parade. He went to the parade. He's, he, he was. He became like this, like Eagles, like face of the Eagles, Kyle Brandt. So, Bills fans, I understand you think it's really cool that you've been seen by the Kyle Brandt. I'll tell you two things. One, you're not the first, and two. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Kyle's Eagles went on to win a Super Bowl, and then he never thought of them again. I'll say this. This is a team that went to four, went and lost four straight Super Bowls, had a heart-wrenching, uh. gut-checking loss last year to the Chiefs. Kyle did not add anything no. to any bad juju surrounding this team. The trajectory and the expectation is a Super Bowl. Personal scale segments, a tradition unlike any other in Good Morning Football. Earlier in the show, James Slater laid out the thing that least excites her in life is NBA games. She's not a fan. She thinks the Mavericks games are wine and cheese parties. <laughs> and all the way up, what does excite her the most is puppies. And then she said that Garrett Wilson, the new rookie this year, is going to be more on a seven, more towards puppies. Peter then said he is least excited in life about Zoom meetings, which is ironic to say during a home show, and most excited about mock draft season, and then put uh, Kayvon, rather, Kayvon Thibodeau up in an eight. I think you had uh, uh, Wilson and Jane had Thibodeau, but point is, we are now going to fulfill the circle here, and Mike Robinson, give us your low end of excitement in your life and your high end of a 10, and then pick a rookie and place him on that scale. This was very tough because I don't hate a lot of things. I really don't hate anything. I can't sit here and sit here and say that I actually just have hate for something or someone mm -hmm. or whatever. But if I had to put a scale together, my one, my least favorite thing would have to be clowns. Now look, guys, I, when I was young, uh, something happened at the circus. I think clown walked up to me, scared the hell out of me. Something like that when I was young. I think I'm... Just, I got some childhood trauma from it. So, okay, that's what I don't like. I'm not going to say hate, but that's what, what are you I excited don't like. for? One of the things I'm excited for, something that I always get excited for, is a great debate. 
Now, guys, I was one of those guys in locker rooms that always kept the pot going, kept the drama going, saying, oh, such and such said this, bro. What, you know, what you going to say back, man? Oh, man, I saw such and such with such and such. Oh, man, what you going to do? I was one of those guys that kept the debate going. I love heated fellowship. I love great discussion, right? It gets me in trouble in my marriage sometimes with my wife because we're always debating stuff. But hey, it's all good, right? It's all good. Maybe it's just this thing that I like adversity. You always got to overcome adversity. But anyway, the rookie I'm going to look at, I've talked about him on this show before, Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State. Got drafted, I think it was the second round, uh, to my Seahawks. So I wasn't the only one who thought that this kid was an amazing back. And I'm going to give him on my scale. I'm going to give him a seven. I didn't give him anything over a seven just simply because I do think he doesn't have the quite the second level burst that I'd like like one of a generational backs would have but I mean it's undeniable he had 1600 yards uh, last year at Michigan State he transferred from Wake Forest he transferred because it wasn't a pro style type of an offense and even before he transferred hell in two years he had 17 rushing touchdowns while he was at Wake Forest transferred Got to Michigan State, guys. You don't want to believe this. 18 rushing touchdowns. The guy just is a magnet for the end zone. And I've said it, and I'm going to continue to say it. He looks LaDainian and Tomlin-ish. I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Fame runner. I'm not mm. saying that. But when he's running the football on the second level, making people miss, he does look a little LaDainian Tomlin-ish. So, yeah, that's my scale, guys. Very excited about Kenneth Walker III. We were all excited for your scale, Mike, and you did not disappoint. It's interesting. Sometimes <laughs> when you lose those debates, you can end up in a clown suit. It, 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 that's the circle of life in those yeah. things. I will finish up now. I'm fourth of four right here. My eight-year-old son, Calvin, is at school, does not watch the program, so I feel comfortable saying this. I love him very, very much. He's given me great joy and has filled my answers many times in this segment. My number one <laughs> is when Calvin goes up to bat in Little League right now. Guys... Uh, oh my gosh! First year of kid pitch <laughs> baseball. He is eight years old, and he is a strong, athletic, smart, sweet, creative kid. He can't put the bat on the ball. He's struggling. He's struggling a lot, and Kyle. he goes up to bat. I am literally physically biting my nails and biting them down to the bone. I am pacing. I am talking to myself. I had to have one parent come over and ask me if I was okay, and I'm not making that up, guys. I have tried everything. I have tried the approach of. Take him out in the yard and we're going to hit 100 balls and here's we're going to do this. I've tried the other approach of, you know what, honey, just go up there and do your best and have fun. I love it. He can't put the bat on the ball and he's been good at other sports, but he's just struggling here and it breaks my heart and I am devastated watching him strike out and walk back to the bench and sit down. It is this unique thing I've never felt in life where I, I actually feel like I'm going to have a heart attack when he's up there at the plate. That is my one and there is no punchline and we're working on it, guys. And I got him a tee and I got him all kinds of bats and balls and I'm doing everything. <laughs> He's struggling at Little League. He's got a game tomorrow afternoon. I'm not going to sleep tonight. So I got to get through that. That is my one. I'm aware of the time left in the segment. I should be good. Ten. You know when you used to go to a concert? Concerts are back. There used to be something in this country. This is a different diatribe. Called rock and roll. Where people with guitars and drums would get up there and play them with amplifiers. But here's the moment I'm talking about this ten. You go to the concert. You're in the arena. You've had your few beers. You've had whatever else you need to get to where you need to get. The opening band has ended. The opening acts have ended. Is that purgatory between the opening band and the main acts that you've had the tickets for for months and you used to have their CDs and you got their songs on LimeWire and they're on your Spotify. And that moment when 
the house lights go down and it all turns to black and everybody starts losing their mind. Here we go. Here we go. Give me one more drink. Give me one more hit of that. Whatever. And then they start playing as those lights go down and those first few notes. Oh my God. Rock and roll is real. This is the greatest country in the world. It's the best time to be alive. I hope I don't get sick being in this arena. That is all the things you're thinking. So I go from a one of, oh my God, I'm going to faint because my eight-year-old isn't turning into Mike Trout right in front of us. And 10, oh my God, I just, you know, uh, the deicide just turned the lights down or, or Godsmack or whatever the hell I'm seeing. And you know who I'm putting in the middle of that? That's right, Aiden Hutchinson. And I'm putting him up at a nine to the haters. This guy's stock went so low and all I heard for months is that boring, limited, low ceiling, not as athletic as you need to be, whatever comp to any other stock standard above average but not elite white pass rusher, blah, 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 blah. This guy's going to put on a show. Let me tell you something. The Detroit Lions opening against the Philadelphia Eagles, when he has two sacks and a batted pass and three tackles, I don't want anybody coming back Monday saying, I knew it, I knew it. No. Trayvon Army out there? Hutchinson is the nine. He is closer to Slipknot in concert back in the day. That's it. That's my scale. Guys, the set is complete. Let's hope Cal goes two for three tomorrow night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, football! You 
lost again at the last second on an amazing play that you would think would be similar to the Patriots game where it would just demoralize you, a game that you thought about often. But my perspective had changed, not only in that season, but as a person and throughout my career. And I remember running down our sideline because I knew where my family was sitting and they were crying and they were disappointed. And I just remember looking at them and saying, it's okay, it's, it's no big deal. Life isn't about winning a, a football game. It's about the moments, and it's about being able to relish and enjoy the things that God gives you. Well, that was a football life featuring Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner. He reflected on the Cardinals' Super Bowl 43 loss to the Steelers and the lessons he learned from, which, by the way, was on the NFL Network yesterday. But meanwhile, the Bengals went on an incredible run in 2021, but ultimately fell short to the Rams in Super Bowl 56. And Joe Burrow was recently on the Full Send podcast. Shout out to my boy Bob Mennery, where he addressed why he still celebrated following the loss. Here's the thing. It's not so much as, you know, resuming life, but I was watching, uh, you guys watched the football lifes on NFL Network? Yeah, I have. I was watching a bunch of those leading up to the game, and Kurt Warner said something in it. When he lost the Super Bowl, he regretted not celebrating what they had accomplished instead, and he did what you talked about. He went and sulked in a corner, and then after the game, I was like, yeah, it sucks. We just lost the Super Bowl, but we did something really cool, yeah. and I wanted to celebrate with the guys about what we did for the year and all the success that we had rather than you know, sit in a corner and sulk about the game we just lost. Hell of a perspective from such a young quarterback who got into the Super Bowl in only a second year only to fall short, but Kyle, what did you think of his perspective, his take, and also taking advice from one of the game's best quarterbacks? It just felt so good to listen to. You know, you get to a certain age, get enough salt in your beard, you start to succumb to those uh, feelings about, well, these young people these days, they just don't get it, and we're all going to hell in a handbasket, and no, no, they don't care, they don't have any perspective. And it's not true. And then you hear Joe Burrow say something just is so wise and so interesting and so introspective. I love that he watches the special. I love that he knows who Kurt Warner is. Kurt Warner is a legend and a Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion. And, you know, I don't know what these younger generations, if they really appreciate those who came before them or not. And they do. And they learn from them. And I, I'm, I'm so encouraged by this. And I have to say, it's one thing to watch Kurt Warner say it, and it's another to, to do it. Not only did Joe Burrow lose the Super Bowl, guys, that was a bitter defeat in which the ball was in his hands and the final play and he couldn't get the pass off. It wasn't like they showed up and it was 31-17 Rams and it wasn't their day. If ever you were going to have a moment to sulk and not have perspective, it would be as after Aaron Donald's tearing you down and you're throwing it to somebody. And yet still, he's like, I watched those who came before me, those who helped build this league and what it is today, and I'm learning from them, and it is just the goods. And I think that someday somebody will be watching Joe Burrow's football life, and they'll be learning from him. It's just so cool, Peter. It's interesting, because we like it both ways, too, because I remember watching The Last Dance, and Michael Jordan loses to the Detroit Pistons, and that next morning, he's in the gym lifting weights, and the rest of the guys had to gravitate towards him, and there was no celebration for how close we got. There was instead, let's get to work. You can have it both ways. I respect Burrow showing some vulnerability here and saying, gosh, that was pretty cool. I know there's a lot more to go, but that was pretty cool, and we got to appreciate that. Now let's take a moment, and then let's get back on the horse and keep on rolling. What's interesting about this Bengals team is that this is not the NBA. It's not baseball. It's football, and the salary cap is always looming. We've seen young quarterbacks, whether it be Jared Goff or whether it be Colin Kaepernick, get to the Super Bowl early in their career and then not return. And a lot of that is because of the salary cap situation. And you got to start disassembling your team and paying people different money. And 
Michael Robinson, you know this all too well with Russell Wilson. Once he got paid, yep. the Seattle Seahawks couldn't pay everybody and they never got back to the big dance. So there is this moment in time that is still very much alive for the Bengals. And I think 2023 is this really important season for them that they still have Burrow. And of course, they still have Chase and Boyd and Higgins and Mixon, all these guys under reasonable contracts before everyone says, okay, I got to leave. I got to get paid. I find 2023 Joe Burrow to be a fascinating quarterback because it might seem like the window is huge, but this might be the year that they really have their best shot at getting back. Very fascinated by Joe Burrow. Very fascinated about this season for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that clip just showed great, again, great perspective from Joe Burrow being a young guy in the National Football League, especially in a society that only celebrates the winners. You guys know capitalism only celebrates the winners. There's winners and losers. There's no second place. And for Joe Burrow to have that perspective in that moment, to me, I think is going to help them this year. Because usually when when a team loses and, they sul- and they're sulking and they're, you know, kind of in their feelings or whatever, that sets up for the next season season, right? It sets up for the offseason. It sets up for the attitude in the building. And I think the reason why the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be successful going forward, because they have a guy like Joe Burrow at the helm, a guy, you know, as their leader. And again, they're going to have to pay some of the young stars on that team. But as long as they have a young leader like Joe Burrow leading everybody, I don't really think it matters who they have come through that locker room. I think they're going to be fine. He's a culture changer. I just think mentally it's so hard for young players to be resilient these days, particularly because of social media. And and I'm not saying that is a throwaway, but I'm saying that is that's real. When these guys don't have good games or you've affected their fantasy football rosters or you've fallen short and the Bengals faithful wanted the Super Bowl, it's hard not to get caught up on that. But to have that young perspective and to be able to sort of compartmentalize, put that way, and then look forward to the next season, I think is a big deal for Barome. Hey, thank you for watching. We're going to catch you guys tomorrow with more of our very best. Our very best. The best? The very best. The very best. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.